Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Shine, 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 shine. Hi, everyone. I hope you're all shining bright. We're going to shine it up. Welcome to the Shine It Up podcast with me, Jackie Gillies. Come join me on this journey as we unpack the Real Housewives of Melbourne, deep dive into all things that I do, spirituality, manifestation, self-empowerment, and being a psychic medium. And I'll chat to some friends along the way. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Shine It Up podcast. I hope you all enjoyed last week's episode with the gorgeous Ashley Darby. She was such a scream to interview and I loved her energy so much. So, life update. Right now, I'm sitting in my spare bedroom. My mum and my father are here. They've moved into our place for the interim because I seriously need some help. I don't think I would have coped as well if my mum wasn't here helping me out. And my babies are now three weeks old. I feel like it's just gone so quickly. I just felt like I was giving birth yesterday. I feel like I've been hit over the head with a baseball bat and (laughs) you just got to keep going. And I can hear my babies stirring now as we speak. I can hear a little crying, but mum's run in to check on them as well as Ben. So I could do this podcast today and do my recap of The Real Housewives of Melbourne and, you know, just check in and let you all know how I'm doing. Last week, I did mention I was feeling a bit overwhelmed, but now I have a plan in place and I'm feeling so much better about that. And I think that a lot of, I'm getting a lot of questions of, from a lot of ladies actually saying, Jackie, everything that you're talking about and everything that you feel, I'm feeling. So it's really nice to get that positive feedback from everybody. But I suppose I did say that when I did this podcast and then when it actually did launch, that I would be 100% real about my journeys and what I've experienced. And hopefully I can inspire my listeners out there and my community. But I think the biggest reason for me feeling overwhelmed is anybody that has a baby knows, or, you know, it's their first time, you you get overwhelmed, you get a bit anxious and you want to be the best mum that you can. And sometimes that is at the expense of looking after yourself. What I've come to learn in the short three weeks is that you have to look after yourself as well as your babies. And you can't forget about you. If you're not feeling 100%, you need to talk about it. If you feel like something's overwhelming you, whether it's breastfeeding or you feel like you need some help, you've got to ask for it. And I suppose in the first couple of weeks, I was very much like, no, I've got this, I've got this, I've got this. And then I finally realized that I didn't completely have this. I I needed to reach out and speak to my mother and my lactation consultant about breastfeeding and latching and and how painful it was for for me to go through some breastfeeding moments and I felt like a failure but I felt like not talking about it was worse than actually talking about it so like I said to all the women out there if you're feeling overwhelmed or anxious you have to talk to somebody I did say that when my lactation consultant and this is the spinner right Everybody knows who knows me out there personally or even my listeners or my community or people that have seen me in The Real Housewives of Melbourne knows I'm very spiritual. 
And I believe that everything happens for a reason and it comes down to us evolving as human beings and our experiences are created through our thoughts. And so for me, when I gave birth, I have to tell you, I went into the maternity ward and this woman walked in and I looked at her and thought, oh, your eyes look familiar. This is the night of me giving birth and I'm drugged up on endome because I just had my C-section, my cesarean, and I'm still in. In fact, this is three weeks later and I still have pain around my stomach area and I'm still tender. Anyway, so this lady walks in, I looked at her and I said, oh, your son's standing behind you. And she looked at me and she said, you gave me a reading. Her name was Nicole. You gave me a reading many, many years ago. I'm talking about like 15 years ago. And I've done tens of thousands of readings, so I can not possibly know who I give readings to. But her eyes and her her energy looked familiar. And I felt like the universe guided this woman back into my life because I had apparently encouraged her to write a book about her experiences of losing a child. And, and she did do that. And she's a maternity nurse and she's a lactation consultant. She's actually an expert in that field as well as a midwife. I've been using her privately here at my home. She comes in and she helps me out with a plan of what I need to do, what's best for me and best for my babies. So I just felt like it was, there's no such thing as coincidences. So seeing Nicole walk in and me not remembering completely how I know this woman and then having that vibe. And then after I left the hospital, she does private consultancy and I told her to come in and this is what happened actually. So I'll go back a bit. So when I said I was feeling overwhelmed and anxious, trying to breastfeed and I was breastfeeding, they were latching at the expense of me feeling overwhelmed and anxious because sometimes I'd scream and take a bit longer to get on. When they did, there was one nipple in particular that was so sore, it felt like they were chewing. It was like razor blades cutting me and I'd be crying, like literally crying as Ben was helping me put on one of the babies. It would be very much like I'm doing this for the good, for the high good of our children, making sure they get all the needs that they need. When Nicole came to our place for the first visit, she looked at me and I was white, exhausted. She just looked at me and said, this is not the Jackie I know. And I just started crying. And I think I was in the midst of baby blues. Um, That's a real thing in the midst of going through like feeling like a bit of a failure. Like I don't want to stop breastfeeding. I want to make sure they get the nutrients that they need. And all those things that you as a new mum thinks about. And she said, no, we need to make sure that you're okay, Jackie, because if you're not okay, the babies won't be okay. And then something clicked in my head and I thought, you're so right. Like, that is so true. And, and I said to her that I need help. I'm not enjoying breastfeeding at all. Every time I go to breastfeed, I feel anxious and overwhelmed. When the babies start crying or they have that little screech, I'd freak out and think, oh my God, am I starving my children? And of course I'm not, but they're just random thoughts that roll through your mind. Nicole was so great. She said, listen, I don't want you to breastfeed for the next 72 hours. We need to give you a break. You need sleep. And I wasn't sleeping. I had hardly any sleep. I was white, lost a lot of weight in the interim. And I was a version of myself that she's never seen. In fact, I have to tell you, it's a version of myself I've never seen myself to the point that I was crying every probably hour. My mum was like, something's going on. I think Jackie's got depression or something to Ben. She said, I just want you to breast pump. So it still gives you options and we need to give you a break for a minute. And then you can go back to breastfeeding, but you need to take a break. And in that moment, it was like this instant relief. It was almost like I needed to hear that and not feel guilty about breast pumping and not actually putting them on my breasts. So when I started that, it was like a weight had lifted off my shoulders. I have to tell you, even when she said that to me in my home, I was like, oh my God, Nicole, 
yes, is that okay? Am I still going to be able to give, you know, my babies the nutrients they need? She goes, of course you are. But, you know, you need to look after yourself. And I can't say that enough to all the ladies out there that are new mums. You have to talk to somebody if you are feeling overwhelmed because I honestly believe if I kept going down this route for another four or five weeks, and I'm the most positive person you'll ever meet. I'm very good in mindset. But the hormones along with feeling tender from a cesarean and being a new mum, all that, all of that was just rolling in my mind. And so that's what I did. And to this day, it's worked for me. So ladies out there, I encourage you to talk, talk to somebody. Don't feel guilty. Reach out, please, to your friends, to your family, to your loved ones. But I have to say, I'm feeling so much better. It was almost like listening to Nicole and, and breast pumping for a minute. It was almost like, this is what I need to know. This is what I need to hear. And instantly, I have to tell you, I felt like I was 80% better. So if you can do it, talk to a lactation consultant, talk to somebody in the services of midwifery and, you know, get the advice that you need. I have to say the last week has been so amazing for me. I feel in a emotionally, I feel better. Physically, I'm getting better day by day, but I still can't bend down or bend over. It still hurts. I shouldn't say this, but you know, the midwives and the doctors are like, Jackie, nothing for six weeks. But I don't know, when you get at home, you look at the washing, you look at things that need to be done and you just don't think about it. And you do it, you go, oh, I shouldn't have done that. So I've definitely felt better this week, which is amazing. And I feel like I'm only going to get better and better emotionally and physically, but it takes time. But the biggest thing that I think that I've become anxious and overwhelmed about is the sleep deprivation. Like I know I was warned. I know it. Friends and family out there that said, Jackie, mate, when they sleep, you sleep. So that's usually what I do. But my beautiful babies have decided that they would love to be alert at 3 a.m. in the morning. That's what I've seen in the last week. And I'm like, are you serious? You go and sleep Every other time you put down, but at 3 a.m., they're shining bright. They're probably like their mama, likes to shine it up and go out dancing. Well, they're definitely dancing with me because they won't go to sleep at 3 a.m. So I I felt like that's their new thing now. Welcome to mum life. Yes, honey. I'm finding a bit of a groove a bit more now because I have the help of my mom. I've got the help of my midwife and my lactation consultant, and we put a plan in place, and I'm quite strict with that because if you're not strict, especially with twins, I can't be, you know, feeding one one hour and feeding another one an hour later. Nope. They feed at the same time. They go to bed at the same time. They bath at the same time. They do everything at the same time because I just essentially wouldn't cope. I'd be so sleep deprived. And that's the best way moving forward for me. And it allows me to feel like I'm getting sleep as well, which is very important for every new mum or for anybody really. I haven't left the house. I feel like COVID lockdown hasn't ended for me because I'm just at home feeding, changing shitty and wee-wee nappies and burping and putting them to sleep. And it feels like it's Groundhog Day every day. I feel like for any person that, you know, goes into being a new mum, you have all these thoughts, right? But when the reality hits, you're like, oh my God, like this is how it really is. So I haven't left the house for three weeks. And this thing where people said to me they lived in their tracksuits and pajamas, oh, my God. Like I feel like I wake up in the morning and the usual things I would do, I'd shower morning, shower at night, I'd get myself together, I'd get my outfits ready, let's go. I feel like I'm in my pajamas all day long. Oh, my God. And I'm forever washing the baby clothes and just everything's for your babies. 
And I get it. That's what happens when you're a mum. But it still doesn't change the, if you haven't experienced it, that it's sometimes you think, oh my God, like this is really how life is for the moment. And I wouldn't take any of it back. I'm so blessed. I have the most beautiful babies, but I feel like there's not enough talk and chatter about, you know, what else as mothers experience and fathers. So I'm getting there with my C-section day by day, but I'm shining through. And to be honest too, with my babies, I take it day by day. I'm not looking what's happening next week or next month. I'm just taking it day by day because you don't know what's going to happen day by day. And that's how I feel. I actually think it's also important, guys, that you speak to your friends. Like a lot of my friends FaceTime me. Like some of my friends say, can we come and visit? And to be honest, I actually said this to my friends. I said, I love you all. But right now I'm just not in the mood for visitors and having people come around and chit-chatting because I'm so tired and that's not like me. Like I'm like, come over anytime you want. I don't care. But I feel like I'm actually saying no to my friends. They look at me going, oh, my God, but they're respecting it and they understand it because they've all been mothers. So – I feel like, you know, this week is a lot better than it was last week for me. This is another thing, this baby brain. I go on on a tangent and I start a conversation and then I kind of go into another tangent and I forget what I just said. Have you ladies out there experienced that? Because I do. I haven't taken my babies out yet. I'm going to wait for six weeks. I just need to get my groove. I need to find out what I need to be doing for my babies and myself. I just need a structure. And I haven't taken them out yet. And even my IVF doctor said, look, you can go for walks, but I wouldn't be passing the babies around yet until they get their vaccinations. So I'm doing the right things by my doctor's advice, and that's what I'll be doing. So so I've got another three weeks before I do anything, really. The other good thing about my mother being here, she's Croatian, right? She's cooking all this food. And I actually had gestational diabetes towards the end of my pregnancy. It was probably a good thing I was diagnosed with that because I have to be honest, fuck, I was eating so much food. I was eating like chips and gravy, corn jacks every night and I was scoffing blocks of chocolates and chips and I thought, oh my God, like this is not good. It's not good for me. It's not good for my physique. It's not good for anything. And so with the gestational diabetes, I had to cut back. And apparently it's very common with twin pregnancies. But to be fair, I've been eating a lot of cheese and crackers since I've had the babies and I was like, oh, this is good. I did miss cheese and I miss sushi in Japanese. So I had some of that as well. So I feel all in all things are getting better. And do you know what? I actually want to say this too. Never in my wildest dreams did I think that I'd get baby blues. I have to honestly say that. I thought that I'm going to be good. Everything's going to be fine. Everything's going to shine through. But when it hit me, it hit me like a ton of bricks, crying every day, crying every hour, going into the bathroom. So my husband and my mum wouldn't see me crying. And it was really quite horrendous. So to all the women out there, it is okay to go through that and talk about that. And there's nothing wrong with you. It's normal. And I say it's normal because I've spoken to a lot of my friends and family members about this. And a lot of them have said, I had them too, like a week in. So it's like, all right, you really don't want those baby blues to roll into, you know, postnatal depression. So that's why I had to get the help quickly and listen to the advice of what better suits me and my needs to be able to better suit my baby's needs. So thank you, Nicole, my lactation consultant. Absolutely adore and love you and appreciate you. Now, Real Housewives of Melbourne recap. Sunday night was episode five of the Real Housewives of Melbourne, and we are recovering from the fallout of the dinner party. Oh, my God. That dinner party was a shit show. But as you can all see, I'm always eating. Like, actually, I actually laugh. When I see myself and there's always arguments, I'm just sitting there eating food, really. And I did get a bit overwhelmed about the arguing a little bit, to be fair, because I didn't want arguments with any of the girls. And I know that 
This is the housewives and every trip away, there's always arguments. And listen, I'm no angel. I blow up too, as we all know. But um, I just felt like it could have been handled better. But here we are. So let's get moving. So the recap of The Real Housewives of Melbourne, I have to say, getting to golf in a helicopter. When I saw Simone and Janet and Gamble getting to a helicopter, the red helicopter, and they're living their best lives, I'm like, oh, my God, they're living their best lives. But I thought I was living my better life as I'm getting a massage on my feet and my arms and I'm tired. And what a lot of people don't know is I was struggling with really serious sciatica and I can't wear heels throughout the rest of the filming of the show. And I wear my supportive sneakers at the advice of my doctors and my osteopath. So every outfit you see me in has the same shoes. And I didn't care. I needed to be comfortable. But I have to say, seeing Gamble pretend to snooker the balls into the holes because at golf, she wasn't that good. I mean, Simone obviously is amazing golfer and so is Janet. They're amazing golfers. But You can clearly see as they go off and they play golf and they're enjoying the best lives and having a nice little, you know, luncheon with some nice champagne. And then the conversation comes up about Kyla and Janet. I just feel like those two will come to a happy medium, but I don't know for how long. So we'll have to keep watching the show to see how that goes. But a lot of people think that when somebody new comes on The Real Housewives of Melbourne, just because Janet and I are like besties and we're there for each other, through thick and thin. I have to be honest with you. I don't support everything Janet does and Janet doesn't support everything that I do. And I'm talking about like, if I see a situation one way and Janet doesn't support it, she's going to tell me. And I think that's what true friendship is, right? It's not blindly supporting one another and supporting something that's not right or not true. And so people have asked me, do I actually know what Janet's problem with Kyla is? I don't completely know. And I really mean this when I say this. All I know is that Janet knew Kyla. 10 years ago because her partner was in business with Janet's husband and she used to hang out with with Kyla. She was a completely different person then. And the other thing that I know is that Janet is not feeling comfortable with what Kyla says to her or says to us as a group. And I actually don't know what was discussed between Janet and Kyla. And Janet and I tell each other most things, but I have to be honest, I'm staying out of this one. Janet didn't even try and bring anybody into what her problem with Kyla is other than she thinks she's not being true to who she is. However that looks, that's Janet's perspective, okay? That's how she feels and that's how she thinks. And you've also got to um, know that everything that you see on the camera, you don't see everything. So there was more conversations that were said at that dinner table with Kyla and Janet, but you only see a small snippet of Janet saying, oh, you haven't been to Paris 17 times or something like that. But there was more that was said in conversation, but they didn't air that. And I have to say too that really, if somebody's got a problem with somebody else, it's not my argument, it's yours, man. So I'm not getting involved, okay? And unless I feel like I have to. I don't know Kyla the way Janet does. So not getting involved, not my problem. Pregnancy hormones. Oh my God, my boobs are massive. So massive. And right now, I have to tell you too that looking at myself on the bed, like we went to the beach and I got into my swimmers and I thought, oh my God, God, pregnancy, that's really, it's happening, isn't it, girl, Jackie? But I have to tell you what I thought was funny when Cherry says that you have to make sure that you massage your boobs for the squirt. I was like, what the fuck? Like, you got to understand, like, they're things that I don't really have not really heard about. Massage your boobs and then they squirt out milk everywhere. And I'm like, oh my God, but now I understand. 
when I'm breastfeeding, I do massage the um the lumps out. You have to, otherwise you can get mastitis. And I certainly don't want mastitis because I have heard it is so freaking painful. So I actually thought that's what she was talking about. Cherry was talking about massaging your boobs because of your milk ducts and making sure that they're not hard and lumpy and you don't get mastitis. But I didn't think she was talking about that you're squirting out milk. Right, Cheza? <sighs> so I arranged a boat for the day and I thought this is going to be amazing. It's balmy. The weather's beautiful. Get on the boat. We start cruising away. And I'm thinking, are you serious? Like, I want this day to be amazing. We can go swimming. But when the rain starts, I thought this is like going another way. I had a little fall that really scared me. Actually, it wasn't good. You can actually see me on the boat where I fell and my hands fell on the seat and Gamble just went off. Like Gamble was yelling at everybody saying, did you see Jackie's um, pregnant? She nearly fell on the boat because of the waves and the, the rain. And to be fair, it was probably my fault because I couldn't get up quick enough. So I was like trying to like get up quick and I couldn't. And then I nearly slipped and I thought, oh my God, but I was okay. Everything's fine. But I will say if you're pregnant and it starts to rain or drizzle, get undercover and sit in your spot and don't stay out the front like I did. So I thought it was going to go away, the rain. Well, it didn't, did it? And to make things worse, I got bloody seasick. Everyone's living their best lives and the girls are putting on brave faces. So I have to say to them, like the girls have been amazing, like so supportive of my pregnancy and anything I needed, they were all there to help me out, all of them. I have to really thank the ladies for all being there to help me out. But getting seasick where everyone's living their best lives, having champagnes and ba ba ba, I was like, this is bullshit. And I was sitting in that one spot for hours, I would say probably about two hours, and I couldn't move because I just felt so nauseous. And um, the twins are probably saying, I shouldn't be on the boat. You should be laying down and resting. Oh, Janet. Oh, my God. The hilarious thing. Janet getting stuck in the bathroom. Oh, my God. So funny. You hear her going, help, help. I was like, where's Rochi? Little did I know she was stuck in the damn bathroom. That to me was so funny seeing that back. <laughs> oh, my God. Look, I don't want to get involved with the little feud with Janet and Kyla, but I do agree with Janet at this stage that it might be easier to agree to disagree because this just keeps going and going. So let's just park it. Let's have a good time and let's get on with the baby moon. Cake shopping with Janet. I love my food. I really enjoy it. So give me the cakes, baby. We go cake shopping for Simone's graduation dinner. Congratulations, Simone, by the way, for your MBA. What an achievement. I think that's absolutely amazing and I'm thrilled for you. But we wanted to celebrate Simone. So we thought we'd get her a great cake. And I have to tell you, I'm always eating, as we all know. And I ate all the um, sample pieces of cake. In fact, I even got the cake guy to, I can't even remember his name because I've got baby brain right now. I got him to like bring like three or four plates full of cakes. You didn't see that. I had all those as well. Oh, mate, I loved it. The cake was beautiful. Mm, loved it. Now let's get to the graduation little party that we held for Simone. Well, it kicks off with Angeline and Simone, doesn't it? Okay. Well, I have to say I didn't think it was going to go this way. Simone didn't get an apology for Angeline. Angeline doesn't believe she has to give Simone an apology. It's the first time I saw Angela in this light and I was a little bit, oh, Ange, that's not you. That's not who I've seen. So I don't know what's going on here other than, you know, if you make someone feel a certain way, I just think you've just got to own it and go, look, I apologize for making you feel like that. That's not how I want you to feel. But, you know, something that you might think is petty is not petty in someone else's eyes. And listen, I've been there where I've thought someone's just like being petty and I just think, well, I don't care. And sometimes you can't be like that. So I try to hold no judgment with that. But what I will say is, Next week, you're going to see an even bigger picture. Mm -hmm. And I don't think Angelie and Simone are going to be firm friends 
soon. Okay, that's my take. So this week's guest is the fabulous Jackie O. What you might not know is how spiritual and how much of a manifested Jackie is. So this chat was really great and a lot of psychic vibes came up and Jackie was so open to hearing all of them. We had such a great chat, so let's get straight into it. We're going to shine it up. Welcome to the show, Jackie O, the queen of radio, 20 years in. I can't even believe it's 20 years in because, you know, the first meeting with you, as a lot of people know the type of work that I do, psychic mediumship, I'm a manifester, I'm a believer that there is no such thing as coincidences and I believe that every single human being has a life purpose and I believe that we're all given these, people call them random acts, I believe they're purposeful acts where Things will be put in your life and it's up to you whether or not you take those directions, right? What's really interesting about having you as my guest today, I don't know if you remember, and I don't know if I've ever said this on your radio show, but the first meeting I ever had with you, and I'm getting goosebumps because I've I've done a meditation before I've um, come out to do this interview with you and, and I'm very much like whoever's meant to come through will come through. So are you okay with that? Do you give me permission mm. that whoever comes through will come through? So the first meeting I had with you was Pop Stars Audition. Yeah. And oh, really? Yes. Yes. And I was with Tiffany Wood because I used to sing and dance with Tiffany Wood all those years ago. That was my first meeting with you. And there's this cut because they put me on the, um, I think it was today, tonight, back in the day, but they put me in this cut where I didn't make it, but you wanted to put me through. And the other guy, I can't remember his name with the mustache, was like, nah. And I sang this song, It's Got To Be, um, you know, song, it's got to be perfect. Yeah. 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 And I remember looking at you and you, and you were so gorgeous. And I still remember what you're wearing. You're wearing this white, shaky, ruffly, like boho, like dress. And I yeah. was always like, Oh my God, this woman is so gorgeous. And you were so like, I want to put it through, but the other guys didn't. And when I didn't get through, I was interviewed at the end and I remember saying, I will be back. I don't know what it is, but I know that I'm going to be back on television. Because I've been manifesting for so long, right? That was my first introduction to you. And I remember you saying to me when I didn't get through, you said, I know I'll see you again. And here we are so many years later because I always believe that that moment was poignant for me because it was like the universe made me do something that was so out of my comfort zone. But I also believe that it was like the universe was saying, bang, you're going to meet this chick for a minute. It was like a moment. And then a few years later, your career just fucking took off. And I mm. honestly believe that it was like the universe was saying, like, you will meet this woman again and it will happen. And I just didn't know how. And then when you first interviewed me for The Real Housewives of Melbourne, it was almost like this whole thing of, oh, my God. And I remember going to my mum and saying, mum, this is how this all came about. And I've been doing manifestation boards from the age of 17. Yeah. And everything on my vision boards to this day I had. One of the reasons I really wanted you on this show is because I believe your life and how you've, like the things you've experienced. And I think a lot of people think it's been easy for you, but when I kind of tap into your energy, I know for a fact things haven't been easy for you. You know, people can just look at it and go, ah, you know, she's been in radio. She probably owns good coins. She lives this good lifestyle. But people don't understand that you have worked hard to get to where you've gotten to and you've had to keep working at that. 
at the expense of other people maybe, you know, trying to tear you down or being jealous or any of those things. So how is it that you, do you believe that you're able to move in a direction where you weren't allowing yourself to kind of get caught up with people that were envious of you being the first female on radio that's lasted and will continue to last with such success? Well, I think, yeah, going back to what you were saying about the hard work, I don't think anyone gets to where they are in, you know, on a successful plane without hard work. And you may not see that hard work in the lead up to it because you didn't know me back then. And I, I did work my butt off and I worked for no money at all, but I did it because I loved what I did. And I think that that part is so important. If you're passionate about what you do and you really do love it, it's almost hard not to succeed because you want to give it your all. You want to be the best you can. And then when you do get there, it's it, it becomes almost harder in a way to maintain that because people like underdogs. They like, you know, when someone's successful for too long, they want to see some someone come through and nip at your heels and take your crown. And yes, there's always that. There's always radio forums of people saying we don't deserve to be where we are, but we do because we have worked really hard and we've honed in on what works for our audience. It may not be for everyone. Yes, I understand that people might think that it's a bit crass or a bit this or that, but for the audience that does listen, they, they love it and and they love our honesty. And honestly, Jax, I've been in this industry for so long that when people say those things, I, I, I honestly don't care. You get to a point, it's so liberating to get to a point when you can read a forum and everyone's hanging shit on you and you absolutely <laughs> Yeah. And and really, I don't. I don't. Yeah. Because why, why would I care? I, I mean, I love my life. I have a great life. I have a yeah. beautiful daughter. And I have a successful career. Yeah. And what do I have to complain about? If, you know, the downside of this industry is that people talk shit about you in comment sections, or wherever it may be, then, hey, that's not the worst thing. I can handle that. Absolutely. What you're saying is true. And I've gotten to that point too, where you know who you are, you've got nothing to prove, right? And with you saying when you're passionate about something, the one thing that I've constantly heard in my meditations and through doing 18 years of psychic medium readings is if you do something with a writing tent, you do something that you're very passionate about, the universe will respond to that, right? And it'll drop these like little like paths for you to keep evolving. However, that is, right? I also know with you, right, you're very humble. And I believe that all this beautiful dynamics in your life that have come through, your family life must have played a big part in that. And I'm talking about your early childhood. What I know the audience love to know is when you were growing up, what kind of family unity did you have? Was it very like humble? Was it very farmy? Was it, do you know what I mean? Like how, how were you raised? I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. I was raised, you know, my, my mum and dad are still together. I have a brother who's a little bit older. 
Yeah. We grew up on the Gold Coast. I think it was just a very normal family. You know, there wasn't anything crazy that happened, but yes, they are very humble and boasting about yeah. things and showing off your wealth is not a good thing in, you know, it's not how I was raised. So my mum and dad, I was very close to mum mostly. Dad was the one outworking, he's a builder. And uh, so it was mum that was hands-on and we'd see dad at the end of the day come home and he was the one that if he raised his voice, you would listen and yeah. you were terrified. He, yes. he, he wouldn't hit you, but just the sound yes. of getting angry. Yeah, terrify me and and I, I I really hate getting in trouble and it's my daughter Kitty is exactly the same like I, I try so hard to give her constructive feedback like you know about cleaning up after herself but I, <laughs> in such a delicate way because she hates getting in trouble and she'll burst into tears and she doesn't <laughs> want to upset me and I'm like I'm not upset honey I'm just Trying to show you that this is how, you know, as you get older, we have to be tidy and do things, look look after ourselves, learn to cook. So um, I was very much that kid, like, I just don't want to get in trouble. And, you know, I was a good kid, but I was terrible at school. And all my report cards basically said that she's so much fun to have in the classroom, but she doesn't pay attention and she just loves chatting to everyone. That was me. Yeah. <laughs> And I even read a report card recently where apparently I got sent out of the classroom for talking too much. And when the teacher came out to where I was supposed to be positioned outside in the naughty, naughty corner outside, I was there chatting to the gardener and I was chatting to another parent and I just couldn't stop talking. I was one of those kids that just like to talk to people. And here I am talking for a living. So I think you're right. There's a certain element of fate that is predestined for us. I am a big believer in coincidences aren't coincidences. Um, you know, even I've learned that if you are walking past someone and you're like, oh God, that looks like my father-in-law. That, God, that looks exactly like my father-in-law. That's there for a reason. You're supposed yeah. to now think about that father-in-law and call him, see if he's okay. Yes. Is there something wrong? It's all those little signs in life that I've always picked up on. And you and I are very similar, Jackie, but you're way more in tune than I am. But yeah, I also think that I've had a lot of luck in my life, but that luck I believe has come from this natural predisposition I have of always thinking positively and always, it's almost like a daydream. You know, I daydream great moments that can happen in my life and I daydream about doing wonderful things. As I get older, and you will find that this might happen to you too, Jackie. Once you have a child, your thoughts are no longer as positive as what they used to be because they're now filled with fear. So you've never had the kind of love you have for a child. And now you find yourself worrying about negative things. And it's about, I'm really trying to learn to get rid of those thoughts and go back to what I was always naturally in life, a positive thinker. It's creative visualization, yes, basically. Yes. And I believe a lot of luck and those great things have come from those visualizations. And so, yeah, it's just making sure I keep doing that because I also think the older you get, the more you have to deal with death of loved ones and your health. You know, it's not, you can't do the things you used to do when you were young. So you do start to worry about 
cancer deaths and morbid things. And yeah, I don't like that. You're going to have to teach me how to stop doing that. Oh, because I can, I can, I can teach you how to do that. It's about reactivating your thought patterns. And when you were just, really? yeah, it's reactivating it. So there's always triggers for a lot of people that go into that fear-based moment. And it usually comes down to their childhood. And what I mean by that is I'm like you. And by the way, those report cards, I used to get the same. Jackie talks too much. She's hilarious, but she's just got to sit out here. She just mucks up around the club. But I want to get back to the affirmations and, and fear-based triggers. Fear-based triggers are usually, yes, with children, that does happen. And I've seen that again over the years of doing psychic many readings. But those fear-based patterns really come down. It kind of reverts back to when you're a child and the things that used to be fear-based in your mentality. And it could be this thing of, I don't want my child to go through what I went through. Oh my God, I don't want my child to experience, like, you know, when you said your dad, he'd yell, like my dad, like Croatian born, he'd just give me a look, man, and I'd sit here, I would go to visitors' houses, and I'd go, do you want a drink? And I'd look at my dad, and he'd give us a look, and I'd be like, we're so thirsty, but we're not going to ask for a drink, man. <laughs> so, <laughs> Dads are scary when they want to be. So with these fear-based thoughts, that's all they are. And what that means is that you're trying, you've got to allow yourself to go through it, but you're trying to control the outcome, obviously for your beautiful daughter, Kitty, because you don't want her to experience maybe some of the negative things you've experienced in your lifetime, but it's a, it's just a conditioning. And so you have to uncondition that through not just creative visualization, but also through your subconscious and your, so your conscious mind is how we live every day, which is right now, as you're talking to me, your subconscious mind is in your dream stakes. There's three subconscious minds and there's the super conscious mind that goes even REM. So it's even deeper than your dream state. And that is where we're constantly manifesting. That is how we're constantly receiving thoughts that are positive. For example, like you said, you might walk like past somebody that looks like your um, father-in-law, but I believe that's your intuition speaking to you. So the only way to reactivate those negative thoughts is you have to be in a place of gratitude and you also have to be aware of when those triggers come. And usually when you're in a place of gratitude for the things you have, the mind can't allow you to go to those negative thoughts. So you just keep reaffirming, reaffirming, reaffirming the things that you already have that are positive. Kitty's under divine protection. I'm under divine protection. And so it's a, it's, I don't want to say it's a constant battle, but it is, you've got to be constant with your affirmations. Yeah. And, yeah. and I mean, as soon as I wake up in the morning, even sometimes Ben doesn't know is when I manifest something, I don't even tell Ben what I'm manifesting. I don't tell anybody what I'm manifesting because even somebody with a slight, negative thought will just boohoo that and then that can take you to another place. Like, oh my God, maybe what I'm trying to visualize is not going to happen because I'm taking on that person's energy. So when I wake up in the morning, I will literally give gratitude for all the things that I have, but then I start visualizing how I want my day to look, like literally, like you said, like you're in that story. And then if I don't know, if I wake up and I'm feeling a bit hormonal, I can start to feel the triggers of an angry thought or a frustration thought coming in. And I literally stop myself and tell myself all is well. So for me to be able to reactivate those negative thoughts, I have to actually sit in a space, even just for three minutes, keep being consistent with those positive thoughts. And that is how you start retraining your mind consciously. So your subconscious mind and your superconscious mind as you're going to sleep. And this is the best way to manifest. This is how you activate your subconscious mind and attract the energy that you want is as you're going to sleep at night, you need to reaffirm the things that you want because that is when the mind is listening. 
That is when it's listening to the thoughts that you're asking for. And it's almost like that's the energy of the universe that is going to bring you those things that you want. But we actually think, I think it was over 3,000 negative thoughts, every human being does, a day. You, wow. me, we all think these negative thoughts. So it's a, it's a bit, and it comes down to social conditioning as well. What you see in the papers, what you see on television, what you see, I don't know, walking around the street, what you see in the newspapers, what you see on social media. So all of that is a distraction to your mindset, right? And that's the only way you're going to be able to reactivate that mind is being consistent with your affirmations and exercise, not just in training. I'm talking about exercising your brain to be aware of your triggers. Do you know as I'm talking to you, I'm already getting, I'm getting somebody coming through. I'm actually getting your dad's dad coming through. And yep. he just gave you goosebumps down your neck then when I just said that. Do you know an Anthony or a Tony? Because he's yeah, saying, he's, okay, he's giving you goosebumps down your legs now. Anthony, Tony, it's hilarious. Your dad didn't believe you could sit, and he didn't believe you could sit around speaking to dead people either. He's just showed me the races in the newspapers. He's on it. Yeah. And yeah. she's giving you goosebumps again down your arms. And he's telling me to also tell you, sometimes when you get those flickers, like when you think, oh, my God, is it a headache that I'm getting? No, girl, it's him. And now I've got a grandmother coming through. Do you know somebody with the middle name May or Mia? May, Mia? Yeah, so uh, Kitty's middle name is May. Okay, well, she's looking over her, okay? And she's looking over your mother as well. Who, who's this? This is your grandmother on your mum's side now coming through. Yeah, Where's yeah. her rings? Where's her jewellery? Who's got it? Because she says that you're meant to have a piece of her jewellery that you don't have. Oh, my God. I was just thinking about this yesterday. My mum gave me – it popped into my mind for – and it happened so long ago, Jackie. Yeah, but yeah. My mum gave me grandma's – it was a bangle, a solid gold yeah. bangle. Mum gave it to me when I was quite, like, say, 16. I had it in a briefcase and I had all of my diaries in the briefcase, in the boot of my car, and it got stolen. And I remember calling mum and being in tears about the diaries, not the bangle being stolen. And she goes, but the bangle, that's... And to this day, mum couldn't believe that I was so nonchalant at that age of losing this amazing bangle that belonged to my grandmother that was supposed to be mine. And I thought about it yesterday and I thought, gosh, you know, that would be like, I can't believe I didn't, you don't think at that age, you think about your diaries and all your thoughts being read by someone, that's all you care about. That would be definitely that. And also I did lose uh, my own uh, wedding ring, but um, that was meant to happen. Really? Yes, because it was time for you to lose that relationship. Yeah, it happened at that time too. Now I've got this Tony, Tony Anthony, Tony, Tony, Tony's dad. Now he's shining on through. He reckons you have been lazy with your cooking. You're actually a good cook when you choose to be. Yes. No, he's, he's making that very clear. And the other thing that grandma's also showing me is you're buying another house. She's showing me like a farm or a beachy house looking. I can see you're looking at it because she's guiding you to it. All right. Yes. And it might even be in Brizzy or um, Sunshine Coast. Wow. Okay. She says you'll look that way because it won't, it won't even be something that you're thinking of. It's going to be that you're being guided to. Your daughter also has, she told you she wants a bike yet. She just learned to ride a bike. Your grandma just like, told me. Yeah, your grandmother's telling me this to, to confirm that she's here and your grandfather, who love you so much, so, so much. You've got no idea. The other thing they're also saying with your love life 
is you say you're ready, but there's still a part of you that's fearful of it. This, that's the problem. You don't want to go into another relationship again where you have to go through what you've gone through. And, you know, not a lot of people know what you've actually experienced. And I'm not saying in a really bad negative way. What I'm saying is that you don't want to always have to feel like you've got to inspire and uplift people, man. Like you do that at your work. You need somebody to do that for you. It's almost like yeah. you need a like a Betty, like my husband, like somebody that lives in the moment that will look after you. You need a man sometimes that's going to look after you. You're always looking after them. And that is what I'm hearing from your grandfather. I actually am being shown to yeah. somebody of a European accent. I'm, I'm hearing it. I don't know if you're going to be with a complete full-blown Australian because the guy that I'm seeing is European looking and I feel like he's got business overseas and here. But oh, you need to date more again. But it doesn't mean that you have to um, be in relationships with them. Just date and start dating guys you would never have looked at. Yep, I agree with that. Yeah. Let me ask you some more questions. If more spirits come through, I'll let you, um, get, they can get in with that. What does okay. your morning look like and how early do you have to actually get up, Jackie? My alarm goes off at 4.30 oh. and then... I'm up and getting ready and I'm out the door and, yeah, I start on air at 6. We finish at about 10.30, 11, and then I come home usually by about 11.30 midday and then I'll have lunch and then, you know, might watch something on TV and yeah. then pick up Kitty. This is a normal, like, pre-COVID days, lockdown, homeschooling, and then pick up Kitty and, yeah, it's kind of, the, the mornings are difficult, they are, and many a time I've thought, oh, God, I just don't know if I really can keep doing these yep. hours because they are a struggle. And you go through periods where you're like, no, it's fine, it's great, and then some days you're just, yeah. But once I get in there and do the job, I'm loving it. You know, it's so much fun once I'm in there. Mate, I've, when you're in there, your energy just like pops, man. I have to say, have you ever visualised that you wanted to interview somebody like a career highlight and it's come a pass. You've had a vision that, I don't know, it could be Lady Gaga. You're like, I'm going to interview that woman or Oprah Winfrey, I'm going to interview her and it's come a pass. Like you've put it in your head, you've gone to Kyle and you've gone, dude, it's happening. I'm going to make this happen. Has it happened? That happened. Yeah, that happened. I used to just be obsessed with Gwyneth Paltrow. Oh, yeah, you know, yeah, 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 yeah. Couldn't get an interview with her to save my life. Like she just doesn't, back then she wasn't doing interviews. Mm -hmm. And for Hurricane Katrina, yes. she won, put up a dinner with her in New York to buy it. Well, we bought it because we were like, fuck it, yes. we're meeting <laughs> We are meeting her and we're going to do this interview with her. So we flew to New York. We sat down and had dinner with her. It was the best night. She was so amazing. And it was, yeah, just such a highlight. So you manifested that. You're like, this is going to happen. It's going to happen. And, gonna then, happen. and then like this dinner was put in front of you for charity, which is so beautiful. Yeah. And then yeah. you're sitting there having this wine and dinner with, with, um, I know in New York City, the lengths I went to, but it happened. And I was so happy because it was like, yeah, tip finally did Gwyneth Paltrow. What's it like working with Kyle? <laughs> he makes me laugh, man. <laughs> he makes me fucking laugh. <laughs> like he does. People can say what they want about him, but I fucking love him. Like I, he kind of reminds me of a beefed up version of me on steroids, but it's hilarious. Like, how, like, do you just, how do you like cope with Kyle every other day? And even if he says things that people don't like, which basically a lot of people are thinking, sorry, huh? they are. Yeah. I mean, he yeah. says it. Do you, you look at him just like a big bro. 
Like you're just a brother? Oh, yeah, yeah. Like he's just the, family yeah. to you. Yeah, completely. He is. I, I adore him. I think he's so talented and he just is very quick-minded and witted and his imagination, its it's just astounds me all the time. Like the things that he can think of so quickly, he's very talented. And he's the reason the job is fun. I was only thinking about that the other day. I was like, gosh, if Kyle, you know, wanted to go off and do his own thing or, you know, I'm not sure I would want to do radio. I, the only reason I love radio is because we do it together. That just came to my head before you said it, and I honestly believe that you two are soulmates. Now, soulmates don't represent just your lover. It represents people that come into your life, right? I honestly believe the universe brought you two together, 100%. I, I, totally, agree. I totally agree, Jackie. I, I was reading up the di- the difference between your twin flame, yep. your soulmate, yep. and reading up about all the different kind of, you know, people you're supposed to meet in your life, and everyone thinks a soulmate is your love, the love of your life. It's not necessarily. And the way they described the soulmate was exactly Kyle and I to a T. He is a hundred percent my soulmate. I have no question. We were meant to be together. This was my life path. Yes. You know, meeting Kyle, having this show. And it's not just the success that's come with the show or the, the fun that's come with it. It's also that relationship. It's so special. He's very protective and I'm protective of him and we will always yes. have it back, yes. you know. And, and I, yes. know, I, I always think, you know, because I live alone sometimes when yep. Kitty's not here because I share custody with yep. her and I always think, what would I do if someone broke in? And you know what? I'd call Kyle, Kyle. first. I would because he's up the road and I'd, I'd trust him more than I'd trust him. <laughs> Probably um, he'd do some. <laughs> he probably wouldn't do it the way the police would do it. But yeah, I, I just in case of any kind of emergency, I would call him. And that that really is saying something. I think it you is know, saying something. Say I could imagine Kyle if something he'd bust in like a bikey, bang, yeah, love, fuck yeah. you, like just go on yeah. tap. He'd, he'd be like, <laughs> even go into protective mode before, and it's like someone you really want to have on your side. <laughs> You know what? And thanking the universe for that every day. You know what you need in your love life? You need just a sprinkle of Kyle's personality. When I say a sprinkle, a sprinkle of somebody that's well-cultured. And what I mean by well-cultured, that loves traveling, loves, you know, trying new cuisines that loves art that's you that's your you're a person that loves learning and I know that about your energy. I actually feel you're going to be offered another job. Like a side job. You still do your radio. Yeah. And I feel like it's going to be another judging show. Oh, wow. But I feel like it'll have something to do with fashion. Oh. Fashion. Love that. And I feel like it's got something to do with NBC. I just heard that very clearly. Oh, wow. You were so good on the mask, actually. <laughs> hey, you thought one of them was Benny. That was so funny. <laughs> <laughs> so- His name comes up every year. I'm sure yes. someone said it here as well. Yeah, you know, it's but you – is so good at, at judging. In fact, when I watched um, Kyle on Australian Idol, I was like, dude, this guy's off tap, but it's so funny. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. So true. I want to know what exciting work projects do you have coming up next, if you do want to talk about it, for you, that you want to do for you outside of radio. What is the one thing you'd well, love to do? I this a lot and I never know what to say because I am one of those people that my whole life has always been I go with the flow and I see what presents itself where it takes me. Yeah. I 
never been that. I just, it's not within me to go, right, I'm going to start a a company and I'm going to produce whatever it is, a can of alcohol. It's just not me. And my life has never been led like that. I somehow walk into moments where the timing is right or something will present itself to me and it's always worked for me that way. So I I tend to not go, oh, in five years I'm going to be doing this because I don't want to know what I'm doing in five years. I like where my life takes me. I like the surprises I've had along the way. I like the jobs I've done. You know, I've done radio, I've done some TV shows, some have been stinkers, some have been great. It's all a learning experience and I believe that these things come along at the right time to either teach you a lesson or to, like, say, to make, you know, where you evolve. So I like to just live in the moment. Live in the moment. I always have. That's the power. And this is why I really wanted you on this show is to, I want to encourage people out there that if you know how to step into your power and do it with the right intent and do it from a place of passion, authenticity, and truth, then nothing can go wrong. It's when you start doubting yourself or you start putting these fear-based thoughts in your mind and you are right when you have children, things do change because then you want to make sure you protect that child and they don't experience those things that, you know, you experienced, you know, growing up. By the way, your grandmother just showed me there's a paint. Did you stick a picture in your daughter's room, like a painting of some sort on top of a bed yet? Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. She likes that painting. Oh, right. And okay. she says that you need to put more rose quartz next to your um bed. Oh, they're in the bathroom. No, they're going to, like, they can stay in the bathroom, but you need to put them next to your bed, girl, because what that's going to do is that's going to start bringing and infusing more love into your life when it comes to your love relationships. And I want you to write this down if you've got a pen and paper there. You need to listen to this every night. Night meditation by Louise Hay and morning meditation by Louise Hay because with your love life, I feel like he'll come in next year if you allow him. But and I believe that this guy, I I, can, I don't know why I'm hearing it, but it's like kind of an Italian or French accent. But I feel uh-huh. like he's got a place overseas, but he does stuff here, and I hear Canada as well. You're going to manifest a worldly man, so you're not stuck in one place because you get bored here. I get go, I go over to Europe every year. You get bored in Australia. You love the country. You can get bored. It's, it's, there's none of that. Yeah. You're very cultured and you love meeting people and you love going out for a wine and you love seeing, you, you could sit, I don't know, in Positano and just like watch people walk by all day long. That's me too. Yeah. And go, this is awesome. That's yeah. the type of man that you need to focus on attracting. That's what I right. see coming. And your daughter's also going to tell you she wants to tattoo at 15. Oh, no. And you're going to get one with her. You are. Oh. Yeah. And it's going to be, it's going to be a little small one, little small one. Oh, yeah, well, that's yeah. what I would do. You, you yeah. are going to do it. And I've got a dog here that's passed away. There's a dog here. You're getting another dog. I'm being told this. It's, right. it's time. I see two dogs for you. Two dogs, not one. Yeah. Okay. That's good because we share, we share one at the moment back and forth. But, um, there's another dog coming and I hear the name Minnie or Mimi. Right. Well, the one that passed away is Molly. Okay, well, that's probably the energy I'm picking up. But I'm telling you that that dog's yeah. guiding the new dog coming. What are you hearing? Mimi or Minnie. Oh, well, it's Molly passed away, but Winnie's my current dog. So that be it. That be it. Thank you, Angels. That dog plays with that dog. So I have oh, to wow. tell you that. What's the advice that you would give me as a mother when you first 
give birth and you're going through those first few months of having a child just to what, – what's the advice? Because, you know, I have a first-time mother. Yeah, I think for and, – and, look, we all experience things differently and, and I think for me working – I went back to work quite quickly yeah. and newborns can be hard and time-consuming and I think, you know, I would be so tired from coming home from work and then – I would just feel, I don't know what it was. I just feel like I never got any help because when I got home, then it was like Lee would go, okay, now it's your turn. And I would be like, well, but I don't have a break. When do I? That's right. And I felt bad about resenting that. But one thing I will say is don't be afraid to get help. And that can be in any way. So whether you feel like you're, whether it's a you're not connecting, you know, you could be going through uh, postnatal depression, seek help. Don't ignore it. If you feel like your relationship with Ben is, you know, it's it's suffering because all of the attention is on bubs, then don't be afraid to, to get someone in to take them for the night, go out for dinner. We never did any of that. So, you know, we didn't, I didn't have parents here. They're on the Gold Coast. Lee's parents were in the UK and in Ireland. And we never had anyone here that could babysit. So we just did it all ourselves. And when I look back on that, I think I wished we had have nurtured our relationship a little bit more during that time because it is so easy to just give your all to your babies because as a mother, that's instinctively what you want to do. But you have to allow time for you and Ben to still keep that romance going because... Jackie, it can go very quickly and you don't ever want to be in a situation where you're going, yeah, but I did the feeding and no, but I did this, but I've done this because that that happens when you have a baby, you know, there's so much responsibility. So if you can just give yourself a little break, whether it's once a week for a dinner and a night out and help you reset and be a better mother. Don't think you can do it all on your own. You just can't. It's okay to ask for help. And I, you know, I'm sure you will have a lot of help. You've got family and I think you'll be fine, but just make sure you give you and Ben some time together as well, because happy parents make for happy kids and a happy family. You are so spot on. I say that all the time to a lot of my clients that I'm like, listen, if you want to go out and you know, go out work. Then I, but look, so many women feel guilty about that. I don't feel guilty about that at all. I believe that you're going to be a better mother, a better lover, a better friend. If that's what you choose to do, just because your partner says you should stay at home, doesn't mean you have to stay at home. No, do you no, know what I mean? no, no. and you're right. You've got to have balance. You have you absolutely to. need to have the balance and get rid of the guilt. Forget about the guilt because you're going to feel guilty no matter what you do. You can stay at home all day, every day with a baby and you'll still feel guilty about something. So you've got to look after yourself, your relationship, nurture yourself, give yourself some time out. Yeah. And and, and you will absolutely be a better mum for it. I wish I had have done that. I wish someone had have told me to do that. When I had Kitty. Oh, I should have done you a reading then back even back then, girl. Oh, 
That was my mistake. <laughs> Jackie, thank you so much for coming on my podcast, showing up with Jackie Gillies. I feel so honoured that you said yes to coming on this podcast. It's been such so amazing talking to you. You're such a oh. breath of fresh air. You're such a big light. And sometimes I don't think you realise that. You bring a lot of love and positivity to so many people's lives. Don't you do? I even see when I, um, you know, come in for interviews, how those people that work there for you adore you. They adore you. Like, yeah, we've got a good team, Yeah, but yeah. They, they absolutely love, and they adore Carl too. Sorry, Carl. <laughs> Jackie's the fave. <laughs> um, but they absolutely adore you, and that's just a testament to the person that you are and how you treat people. And thank you so much from the bottom of my heart for coming on this show. Oh, likewise, Jackie. You know I love you. I love I you too. You're like my little soul sister. Yeah, I, girl. You know, we're very in tune with each yes. other and believe same thing so it was a no-brainer I was so excited to come on thanks for asking me thanks for having me my love bye beautiful I hope you all enjoyed my chat with Jackie I just love her thanks guys for the questions you have sent through this week so the first one Sam from Facebook group has asked how do you feel seeing all the drama and narky posts unfolding on Instagram amongst some of the women Listen, since having these children, I've checked out a bit, so I haven't seen it all. But I have to say, I think if you've got a problem, you've got to speak to one another. It's that simple. But you also have a right of reply. So, you know, what? how do I feel about it? I just think that the best way to move forward with anything is to talk to one another and shine it up. Kate from Instagram has asked, Jackie, what is your thoughts on Angelie not apologizing to Simone? Mm. Well, my truth is, I believe if that was me, I would have apologized to Simone and said, listen, if I made you feel a certain way, that's not what my intention was. It was like I wanted to give Cherry the heads up, but maybe I did it the wrong way, but I certainly didn't want to cause all this drama. I would personally apologize, but you can't make people do what you want them to do, man. So that's me. Rebecca from Instagram has asked, I love it, Jackie, that you're always constantly enjoying your food and eating when there's drama around you. Girl, what else am I going to do? It's best that I keep eating because I'm going to make sure that I actually get my dinner because there have been times in the past where the arguments have blown up and I haven't gotten to eat. No, those days are over. I'm eating. Cal from Instagram asks, why am I always wearing sneakers with my clothes? I'm always wearing sneakers with my clothes because I'm struggling with really bad sciatica. I'm pregnant with twins and I've been told to wear sneakers and I'm not putting myself or my babies at risk. I will be wearing sneakers throughout the rest of filming. And that's that. So you got to do what's best for me. And that's what's best for me, my babies. So sneakers it is for the rest of filming. Thank you for joining me for another episode, guys. I'll see you all next week. Tell me your thoughts. Tell me what you want me to talk about. I'd love to chat all things. Let me know what your thoughts are. Great review. Love yous. Shine it up. And I'll see you all next week. We're going to shine it up. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 
luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.